history, huh? Bet we can make some. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of fish. All right, good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast. We are streaming live and in color on YouTube, on our YouTube channel for all of our Patreon supporters. Um, and if you're not, that means you get the video version of the show next week. So, you know what I mean. Anyway, my name is Tom, and I'm your host, and as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting with the first one. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And J-Bear, a.k.a. <laughs> somebody's boyfriend. Mm, somebody's <laughs> trick. But anyway, uh, welcome back to the show. So, um, look at us. We're being productive. Two shows in a row. We haven't canceled one. <laughs> wow. Well, that's what I was expecting today with Nick's initial text. Oh, my God. I was kind of hoping Tommy was going to be like, let's just do it on Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> well, I mean, initially we said, so did, did we not have this conversation? So yes. so before we even go anywhere, this weekend was Nick's birthday. So happy birthday, bitch. Happy birthday. So Tom's we are, over it. I'm so over it. So over it. Because she's such a princess. And she's so hard. But we love her. Uh, <laughs> I don't, no comment. So it was her birthday. And we celebrated her birthday on Saturday. Um, she wanted to watch a movie, uh, which we'll talk about later. And um, so I was like, okay, so I'm. We're gonna make this extra special. I went out and I brought, I, I bought a projector, which I was not expecting. And I'm gonna make it, you know, a whole outdoor experience, and we're all gonna like eat dinner and do all that good thing, all those good things, and then you know, watch a movie. Yeah. So I bought the projector. I brought. Uh, I bought the. Screen. The screen thing, and I set it up, and it was all beautiful and great and fabulous, and we were, you know. Just running along our evening, eating, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the wind comes and there goes the projector screen. And then it started raining and pouring. So we had to take all of the electrical equipment. And, and lightning and thunder. And, and put it away <laughs> and just hang under the gazebo. Um, so it totally ended up being like not what I planned. But it was amazing either way because I mean yeah, we, we were out until like 3 in the morning. Oh, I know. I'm still recovering. But happy birthday, Batch. That's what happens when Thank you get you. older. Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> Dude, it's so bad. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, I got home at four. Uh, right. And I was up at eight the next day. So. Ugh, girl, I rolled out of bed at like nine, maybe 9.15, something like that. It's not a bad thing. And I was sitting outside having coffee with Tom, and he was trying to do stuff around the yard, and I was just like, I don't know if I can adult today. And I had to go and like spend time with my family. And <laughs> I got there. I was like, you have me until about four. <laughs> and that's about it. After that, I turned into a pumpkin. And, you know, I had to go back into my my cave. Yep. To my den. Much. Yeah. To my den. <laughs> so, so, you know, so basically what we're trying to say is that normally we talk about our weekends, right? What we did, what was going on. We were together. All weekend. Pretty much the entire mm-hmm. weekend. So what you get from one is you're getting from all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all about Nick and his birthday and 
drinking and eating amazing food. So one of your so Steve's. Much food. Oh my god. Mm, yes. That boy can cook. Those flatbreads. Oh yeah. my god. The so pizza, I, I took some home. Yeah. I, I'm, there was leftover. Somebody left a, a mm-hmm. couple slices, and I asked Tom. He's like, "Toss it." I was like, "Sure." He put it. Tossed it right into my car. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you know me, it's like, you know, with my current health status, I can't really be eating a lot of that kind of stuff. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that, because I don't want mom to find out. Um, And she doesn't listen to the show, so I don't think. So (laughs) she'll question me on Friday when she comes over for bingo. What was that you were saying? Can you can you tell me a little bit about that? No, Um, no, but but truly was we we spent a great weekend together and our chef uh steve who owns uh stilato's deli in north haven that boy can cook his ass off he came he he made the thickest pork chops i have ever seen in my life seriously and um and we had braided steak that he braided and marinated himself and he made roasted veggies on the grill or grilled veggies and Oh my god, we had the the pizzas, the, the, the mango ham- salsa. Oh my god. So good. On the hamburger. I even asked him, I'm like, did you actually make this or did Coco make this? Because that's the cook at the restaurant. He's like, No, I, I made it. I was like, Wow. He loves you. Co- Coco taught him. <laughs> but no. yeah, that, that salsa was really good. No, but it was it was overall it was a great weekend and you know now I have to figure out what I'm gonna do to And props to your burgers too. Your burgers weren't they the bomb? Oh yeah, like the, two in the morning. Two in the morning oh, that was so the good. Perfect the <laughs> perfect eats at that time. I made that was sixteen handmade burger <laughs> patties and we destroyed them at two thirty in the morning. Yeah, and and then I had another one and <laughs> get to bed with me <laughs> and she comes out of the bed because you know she stayed over obviously i wasn't gonna let her drive in that condition i literally and, said i can't drive i'm staying over I, of course but there's a spare bedroom and so, you know. anyway. <laughs> and so she walks out out of her bedroom in the morning with her hair like this um and then of course her- fix your cockatoo <laughs> <laughs> and you know so she's got her cockatoo to the right her little um puffy patches on and she's walking into the kitchen with a paper plate like um this was in the bedroom i was like bitch you took it in there and ate it <laughs> you, there was like half left i threw it out good. <laughs> no but we we had a good time so I, i'm glad that you know and, and i got her ice cream cake which she actually ate because you don't never eat cake no i don't um, um, that cake was it was really good really we still have some left it's in the freezer wow we're gonna tear it up later it after like, the show it was like <laughs> cheesecake ice cream cake it was so good yeah so now i know you like that so you know I like ice cream cake yeah that'll be your default birthday cake type of thing yeah. okay so, and it's a good thing that i have a, tr- uh, a freezer chest downstairs that i can literally put the whole cake into because mm-hmm. that would never fit in my little no. tiny freezers upstairs no so, but overall, it was a great weekend. Yeah. So, happy birthday, bitch! I did want to share one thing. Go so, I have. So, I turned twenty six. I decided that this is going to be the year of me. This bitch. What already thirty six? Already yeah. Lying. I was like, <laughs> huh? Thirty six. I turned thirty six, and um, so I have a therapist. And of course, you do. And I'm trying to lose weight. I'm just trying to get back to who I, you know. You know, to me. And so my therapist asked me to start a journal. And so I did. Of course. And he so did. on my birthday, I wrote this in my journal. Oh. oh. 
Um, I love me, but I'm a bit lost. You're beautiful. You're talented. You're smart. You're mm-hmm. strong. You will be happy with your body again. You will find love. You will find yourself. You're enough. You'll let them go. You're number one minus Demi and Daily. And how'd that work out? I just wrote it. So I don't know. It was just like, it was like, it was nice. It was like an affirmation, like just kind of like all the things that like I've been struggling with. I just kind of like wrote it down. And I think it's um, cathartic almost. But it's also very inspiring, not only for others, but for yourself, right? It's like you're setting, you're setting the expectation, not necessarily an expectation. You're setting your goals and you're reinforcing the fact that these are achievable goals that you can do those. Right. That's awesome. So, yeah. Thoughts. Good for you. Yes, stupid bitch. Good for you. <laughs> Jaybird, how are you? Good. Good. Staying good? Come into that mic, girl. Come into it. I, I, yeah, don't come into it. Don't come into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. Uh, people, other people need to use that. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to hearing that frequently. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that other people need to use the mic. Where are you guys going with this? I don't know where you're going with it. <laughs> I know where you were going with it, you nasty right little. Right up to Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are horrible. We are. We uh, are. How yeah, are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. You're recovered? I'm recovered. Are we I, all recovered? I really, didn't, I really didn't get up. You and I, like, it doesn't matter how long we, like, we hang out. We can hang out till 3.50 in the morning yeah. or 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. We can wake up at literally 7, 8 o'clock. Yeah, and this bitch has to be peeled out of her bed. <laughs> I was scrubbing my grill down at eight o'clock in the morning with soap and water and Mm. hosing my freaking deck down. And you know, I I hang out with mom on Sundays, so I, you know, I got to get up and and kind of get ready to go pick her up and do my thing with her. So it wasn't too bad. Hey, I even surprised myself. I went out for drinks last night as well. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. No, I did the wrong thing. I did the celebrating for you. Yeah. Last night I did the wrong thing. I I got home. So I spent time. So my parents are in town for about a month and I spent time with them on Friday night and my brother, sister-in-law and Demi. And then um, came home. We had the party. And then the next day I had to go and we had family dinner. And then I got home and I was exhausted and I cooked myself, well, it wasn't like an early dinner, so we ate at like 2 o'clock, so I was still hungry. So I cooked myself something to eat, and then I had a beer with dinner, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to knock myself the fuck out and <coughs> sleep all night and like recover. So I took half a sleeping pill. Wrong decision. I could not get out of bed this morning. What time did you take the meds? It was like maybe 9.30, 10. And I was like, but I had had, you know, I had a couple beers at my brother's and then I had a beer when I got home and you, I, you really should not have any alcohol when you take a sleeping pill because my ass was like, like I woke up like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, I can't, I'm going to die. I have to work. (laughs) That is, that is hilarious though. Yeah, the only the only thing I think this weekend that was a challenge for me was waking up today. And it's because I was I got home last night after I went out to the bar. I got home early. Usually I stay till like one and change, you know? Mm-hmm. Got home early, fairly decent time. And then I, you know, I, I'm relaxed, I'm chilling, I, I lay down in bed, I said, I'm gonna watch a little bit of TV just to kind of you know, I, I watch nonsense, stuff that's really not too, you know, active. It's 2.30 in the morning. I'm still awake. 
Ugh. I couldn't yeah, fall it's... asleep. And I was like, even if I f- try to force myself to sleep, then I start catching headaches. So I just learned, just wait it out. Once my body starts feeling tired and I feel it coming on, I'm good. Mm-hmm. 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> so, I think I'm actually going to probably get like a life alert in case I do that again with the sleeping pill <laughs> the and sleeping give you each one so you get a notification. He's not breathing. <laughs> no. Actually, yeah. I think your watch can do that. Yeah. I don't If your watch detects, on. you know, certain things, you might be able to. A low heart rate. You know. Send, send emergency messages everybody your mom 2 30 a.m my parents are getting messages that i'm sleeping and i'm not breathing no yeah. not doing that <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's possible possible but overall i think it was a great weekend so yeah no i had a great time glad that you enjoyed it um it was our pleasure to to host you and it's over and it's over next year bitch <laughs> get over it so so all right so listen we've got a couple of things that we want to talk about um obviously we don't want to do a a very long show today so we're going to move right along we do have a couple of things normally you know um as you as you can tell right we, we were talking about fun things and birthdays and blah 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 our emotional spectrum is like all over the place on the show oh god we go from you know well it's mainly me highs and lows like i cry a lot all of us, I think we all do. So I just wanted to take a moment to pause and talk about something that's been very horrific and sad that's been all over the news. And that, of course, it is the wildfires that occurred in Maui, um, in Alaska. And, and I'm literally going through and reading you know, accounts and reports and watching videos of people who have survived this fire um or or these fires who have lost their homes who have lost everything i mean this this little town of lahaina maui uh, it, it's it's a, it's it's a small you know section of of maui that um it's pretty historic in its own right and everything is gone how did how did it start was it wildfires i think they said yeah it's a wildfire it's still you know they're still investigating you know there's been reports that you know lahaina. they're they're questioning now whether, you know, for example, the, the power company there should have turned off, turned off the electricity um, to prevent, you know, the wildfires from actually getting even worse. Um, you know, there's accounts of people that were jump, jumping into the ocean yeah, to get away from to, to get away from fires and, and prevent themselves from losing their lives. And in the end, you know, some people ended up drowning anyway. So, you know, you didn't get burned, but you drowned. Um, and it, it's very tragic, but I mean, if you, if you start, you know, thinking about what has happened, I mean, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in destruction. And when you see some of these photos, for example, you know, I'm showing them on the live stream now. Um, it, it's pretty tragic to see how one community can be completely wiped off the face of the earth um, in, in less than 24 hours. It's absolutely incredible the cars sad incredibly sad yes um the cars i mean looks it almost looks like they dropped the bomb seriously like look at these pictures you know for for those that are watching the live the live video stream you, you you're seeing the pictures i mean you have structures that are like engulfed in flames and entire towns have been decimated uh because of this and then interestingly enough because there's always that one miracle. I want you all to look at this picture and tell me what you see. That one house? That one house in the corner. In the corner. That did not get burned. 
that whoever owns that property, I have never seen someone who's more blessed than those people right now. Yeah, and um, everybody else is like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, for it's all crazy, we know, that yeah. one person having their property may be housing people who don't have a home right now, right? So, you know, and, and given what I know uh, about the culture in Hawaii, people are very giving and very... um you know, helpful in, in situations like this. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah, and so I saw an article about a couple from Cali that was uh, vacationing there mm -hmm. and their vehicle was surrounded by the fire and a couple, a native couple uh, um, had them jump in their car with them and saved them, literally saved their lives. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, I didn't know that's, that's that so many reports, so many Alaska uh, is at, the forefront of climate change because of the northern owl, uh, latitude and seasonal changes in sea ice the state is warming at two or three times the rate of global av of the global average yes yeah. Yeah, it's affecting their it's affecting their fishing it's affecting their wildlife um i remember alaska the majority of the people that live there that are not in anchorage rely on the wildlife and rely on the fishing mm -hmm. yeah and they've been and they're putting more and more restrictions every year on their fishing so they you know the the king salmon the trout the halibut that's all that's all to the um, um in that area so a lot of the fishing that they do is not only for commercial fishing but also sustainable living mm -hmm. right and it's it's, it's taking a huge huge toll on the natives uh, yeah it, it's that. insane i mean when you think about, for example, the Hawaiian National Guard has been activated at this point. They have mm -hmm. over 250 Guard members that have been activated um, to support the efforts of being able to reach these communities with necessities like water, um, goods, you know, and, and it's just unimaginable. Like, I see one house burned down, right? And you see displaced families and the Red Cross comes in and, you know, does what it needs to do and eventually they get back on their feet we're talking about hundreds yeah hundreds of families and thousands of structures that are just gone there was a uh, historical museum that was completely wiped out with a lot of historical artifacts from hawaii it's gone yeah. that's crazy there's nothing you know it makes you think now you know with all the technology that we have um at our you know grasp do you instead take artifacts like that and digitally or or recreate them in 3d and display a 3d model instead of the actual artifacts and store them somewhere where they're safe to prevent losing such historical you know artifacts that are valuable to to the history to the culture and, and the people of the hawaiian islands it's insane yeah. I, I was just b beside myself, and I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I know that you have been to Hawaii on several occasions. Your sister lived there for a while. You look puzzled. I am a little bit. Why? <laughs> I don't want to sound stupid, so give me a second. Okay. <clears throat> well, while you keep looking, um, you know, Jay, have you ever been to Hawaii? Have not. Not yet. That's mm -hmm. one of my... Uh, uh, on my list of places to visit. Yeah, I have never been, um, you know, and it's 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 one of those, you know, 
nice, beautiful, warm destinations that as Americans, we, we get to just take a flight and just go over, right? Yeah, and yeah. land and, and take advantage of all the, the beauty that is Hawaii, but it's incredibly sad that, yeah. you know, when things like this happen. Yeah, no, and, and I have, um, actually have some friends that are Hawaiian that live here in the state, um, really, really good people. Um, and they actually went this year. Uh, they hadn't been in like a little over 20 years. Oh, wow. So they went with their mom and they visited family. And I just kept looking at all the stuff they kept posting. And I was like, I should take a flight and meet up with them. Like, like seriously. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, ha- I was fortunate enough a couple of years back, uh, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, I happened to be in Puerto Rico on vacation. And my cousin came down with our friend uh keika he's hawaiian he's one of the first people i met when i moved to connecticut so he and i are really good friends and he he came to puerto rico for the first time and we hung out a couple of days and he he was he fell in love he's like i want a house right there (laughs) right there i just put it right there yeah he was like i'm done i'm I'm good i'm good i could live here no problem so you know it's it it's nice to know that you know you have that like that connection right and um you know he's like he went to hawaii he was like dude it's like puerto rico but but there's now i understand when you guys say i'm going home mm-hmm. you there's a different feeling to traveling to a country that you call home and and being here and saying you're home you know what i mean right. there's, there's a huge difference that people don't realize that until you actually make that trip i've always said you know home is where the heart is right so if you arrive somewhere and it completely takes your breath away and you feel at home that's your home yeah you know you don't need to be born somewhere to consider it your home right home is where you want to where you want to be yeah yeah um and and i hope you know my hope for for these people who have lost everything is that you know we act um quickly and get these people back on their feet. And I hope that they, that FEMA comes in and, um, you know, starts making changes and, and, and changing these people's lives after such devastating destruction. They, they said it would be some like five or $7 billion. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. It's going to cost, you know, and, and right now the the death toll is a hundred people so far. so I haven't been. <laughs> the last time I read it was like thirty-two. No, no, it's so it's, it's, it's about hundred, and now, it man. it's due to increase because yeah. what they're saying is that initially, when they were able to start getting into these areas, what they were checking for was just the streets and cars. Yeah. Now they're actually being able to assess structures and and decide whether or not it's safe to enter these structures yeah. and find yeah. more victims, yeah. right? And it's it, it's just a sad thing altogether. So yeah. I know um, that they were they were saying that there were about a thousand people that were missing or accounted for uh the last time i read an article did you find what you were looking for darling no i'm gonna ask off off air okay (laughs) okay so um that being said you know our heart goes out to the people of hawaii and um you know who are of course our american compatriots uh, and um you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long haul but you know eventually you know, those who have the will to do it will rebuild. So yes. our heart goes out to all of you out there. Why? And um, now I'll toss it over to you, Trish. You have a story that you would like to cover, and I think that'll take us to break. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about... Um... We'll talk all about the happy news and all the happy stuff on the second half of the break. 
Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're okay with that, yeah, I don't. No, I, fine. This is actually kind of good news anyway. Okay. Um, so, uh, as we know, um, throughout the country, there are uh, sweeping laws and regulations that are happening that are affecting the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the trans community. Um, And this past week, um, uh, on August 8th, or the day before, a federal judge had told a group of anti-trans parents to mind their own business after the group filed a lawsuit challenging an Ohio school district bathroom policy. Now, this is important because of a couple reasons, right? Because finally, uh, you see federal judges standing up and saying, shut the fuck up. Right. One. And then two, it's in Ohio, which can be rural. And a lot of these people don't have resources that they need. The LGBTQ plus community don't have resources or support that they need. Right. Um, Now, within this, he wrote in his ruling that the group has no reason to sue. Um, Not every contentious debate concerning matters of public importance presents a uh, cognizable federal lawsuit. Cognizable? Am I saying I'm saying that wrong? But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> While this girl who was initially forced to use uh, the faculty or nurses' bathrooms because they were single oc- occupancy, they were frequently occupied, so she felt ostracized, humiliated, and targeted by other students. So the school then eventually adopted a um, trans bathroom policy wherein she could use the bathroom. So the parents sued with various uh, constitutional claims from religious freedom to the right to raise their children as they see fit. But the judge wasn't impressed with their attempts um, to set the school policy based on their personal beliefs. Although parents have the right to make decisions about where they send the children to school, they have no constitutional right to revoke a school's policy on student bathroom usage. Nice. 100% agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's wonderful. And, and you know, we have to talk about because I said it before I did. I, yes, I know. Did. You've been working very hard to not say that. It was actually one of his like <laughs> birthday things. He's like, I'm going to try so hard to not say 100%. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the thing is, um, you know, we see more and more in where people are trying to interject their personal beliefs into the way that public schools do business well not just public schools in politics in general well i mean but you have to think about more or less where a lot of these things are happening um and in the realm of public schools you're starting to see parents now for example take seriously this bullshit that you know the santimonium initiated in florida about Mm -hmm. uh, books and and they're starting to challenge schools decisions to provide certain types of books. And I'm like, listen, this is a public school. This public school is not here to encourage or support your religion over someone else's. No, they're there to support the students, the students and, and educate their well-being, them. well-being right. and their future. Give them an education that's well-rounded, that is a curriculum that has been approved by whatever, you know, regulatory body in your state or on the federal level that approves, you know, public school curriculums and also maintain a safe space for all students like shame on these fucking parents like you're literally ostracizing an entire group of people and an individual based on your beliefs based on your beliefs and 
like we've always talked about, when you do that, when you single people out, when you start literally saying you can't identify or you can't, you know, we can, we won't embrace the fact that you identify this way, you're r- legitimately raising the rate of suicide. Right. And the thing is, that argument will eventually flip. So I don't know about you, but I've, I've been reading a lot of, you know, information in regards to the Catholic community, in regards to Christianity, in regards to... Um, you know, what do you call them? Um, evangelicals, right? Uh-huh. The amount of members that are dropping like flies, especially with millennials oh, yeah. and zennials and, and all of these like other generations as they're growing, realizing that religion doesn't have um, the emotional and uh, the, the cultural hold on them that it did to their parents, they start realizing that eventually they are a minority. And when you have a majority of people who are not, I would say, um, faithful to a specific religion and start pushing policies that are more inclusive, eventually they're going to get to the point where they feel now how they're making these people that they're targeting feel. And so all I say is be well, careful what you wish for. But that's why the Pope keeps coming out and saying all this positive stuff about, you know, the LGBTQ plus community because they're losing money. Of course they are. But let me tell you a little something about that Pope. He literally says, you know, I'm all about supporting our brothers in the LGBTQ plus community as long as oh yeah, you follow the church rules. But that's like everything. And what does the church rule say? God only fucking knows now. Yeah, exactly. So... In lighter news, though, I do want to say that this this is a good thing. This is a great thing, and it's not um, isolated, right? So there was, last week, there was a different judge who ruled in favor of three other transgender students in Indiana whose school forbade them from using bathrooms matching their gender identities. So, Which is a neighboring state. 100 uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You were right. Um, but it, but it's great to see, like like we saw with the footprint that the um, face you make when you fuck up. <laughs> you didn't see it. You were like, <laughs> I don't want to look at my face. Um, like we said, like with DeSantis, like creating that footprint. Now we're seeing judges come out to combat that right, footprint. Right. And um, uh, I'm appreciative, and I think it's beautiful. And it's also important to note um, where we're seeing these these pushbacks happening. Right. Uh, these are states that um, they're almost like like test tubes, I call them. I like to describe these states as test tubes because they're not a state that is blue. They're not a state that is red. For example, Ohio is a state that traditionally uh, in the past few cycles of, of elections in the past 30 years has traditionally gone red when it comes to governors and things like that. Um, but you see a lot of um, liberal uh, things get through because there's such a diverse um, population when it comes to different things that people want to fight for, right? I'll give you an example. You know, Ohio is one of those states right now where they wanted to put a provision on the November ballot to codify protections for abortion and a woman's right to choose in their state constitution. Now, now knowing that Roe v. Wade is gone, right? And in order to do that, they need a 51% um, approval to codify it, right? They have the votes to do that in November. Ohio will become a state that will support 
abortion right for every woman that lives in that state. But what the Republicans tried doing is setting up a special election in August to raise the threshold to 59, almost 60%. Yeah, well, that sounds about right. And people got polarized. They went to the polls and they defeated that bill, Mm -hmm. that initiative to bring that threshold for the people to speak their voice to 60%. And now it remains where it is, which means that here's the thing. Like it's, it's, it's almost guaranteed that they will have codified protections for a woman's right to choose into their state constitution. And you made a really good point. I think like we're, we're, we're approaching a tipping point, right? right? We're approaching a tipping point where a lot of these people that have sat on their laurels of religion and politics, they're being aged out. And now you're seeing a newer, younger, um, group of, you know, Americans coming up and saying, fuck this shit. That's, that's not happening. Right. And, and these politicians that used to just push shit through without being checked are being checked. Right. Because people are, are, are tired. Yeah. They're done with it. Right. And those people are us. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I think the point that I was also trying to make with what I said was, is, is watch what happens in the, in the Bible Belt, in the Midwest. Right. Because that's, that, that's the thermometer for, in a sense, for what ends up going nationally. Right. You know how I always say when California passes a law, eventually every other state sort of kind of falls in line because California has really, really amazing benchmarks when it comes to climate change, when it comes to emissions, pollution, things like that. I think the Bible Belt, not necessarily the politicians, but the people that are that are standing up. I think that can tell you the temperature of what we can expect from all of this potential um, fallout. Yeah. But also what they're what they're working on and what they're passing and what they're not passing legislatively Mm -hmm. at the state level. It speaks volumes for what the temperature is and what eventually what ends up happening nationally. So yeah. So in regards to this judge, bravo. Brav motherfucking vote. All right, so listen, uh, that was a great first half. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we have more dish. We'll be right back. All right, well, ladies and gents, welcome back from the break. Thank you so much for allowing us to uh, take that quick respite. We needed it. But we are back, and uh, as we promised, we're going to jump right back into uh, some of the things that we wanted to discuss on the second half of the show. Most of them happy, feel good, amazing stories, um, things that are happening People really choosing to represent themselves and declare who they truly are, and we're super happy for them. But we're going to kick it off, of course, with nothing other than what we're about to talk about next, which, of course, is the premiere of Red, White, and Royal Blue Balls. And I say blue balls for a reason, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so as you can see, um, Red, White, and Royal Blue uh, released on Prime. Uh, so if you're a member of uh, Amazon Prime, you get to watch the movie. We were supposed to watch it on the big screen um, in the backyard, but that didn't happen. But nonetheless, we did take an opportunity to watch it. And um, I'm going to toss it over to Trish first, because Trish, you read the books and you were so looking forward to watching the movie. So give us your opinion. Please opine give on us, the movie. Give us your rundown. Your rundown. Hmm. As, mm. it, as it runs down. So I loved it. <laughs> of course you did. I cried a lot. Of course you did. Um, 
but I had a couple, a couple like issues with it yeah i'm kind of happy though that we didn't watch it all together on your birthday because ugly crying on your birthday wouldn't have been nice <laughs> i'm Whatever. just i'm just saying at this point everyone's seen it but, I, I don't think jay has ever seen you ugly cry before no you have oh oh, oh i definitely have but yeah. you know those are private moments we don't talk about that <laughs> i'm just saying because that that is that is very um traumatic for those that experience it I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, so, crying. yeah, we don't talk about that. Wow. But anyway, as you were saying. Um, no, so I I loved the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a good job. Obviously, they had to, like, pare everything down a lot. Right. Um, but um, Alex, who plays the president's son, mm-hmm. his sister in the book, she's not really represented. That beautiful man. Yes. He's coming. She's not really represented in the movie, which bothers me because um, in the book, she wrote Alex's speech after everything happens, right? Right. And the speech was so beautiful um, and so important. And then also the person that plays Nora did a huge thing in the book that kind of turned the tide for the election that wasn't represented in the movie, which bothered me as well. Right. Um. But I think my biggest qualm was there is a moment in the book where when everything comes out about the two of them, uh, they have a meeting with the queen. And But in the movie, there's a king. In the movie, there's a king. Mm-hmm. But they have this meeting with the queen at the time, right? And <clears throat> it's a very intense meeting about like representation and what they're going to decide to do and what they want to do, um, you know, public facing about the relationship and how everything kind of shakes out. And that was such a pivotal moment in the book that I think was lost in the movie. Right. And then also we started the show with that quote history, huh? I bet we can make some, Yeah, which was such at a certain point when they started talking to one another, there were a lot of emails, right? And history, huh? Became this huge thing, this huge thing. And like to the extent at which in the book, people had made t-shirts when everything came out that said history, huh? And it was such like an emotional thing for me. Right. When I read the books, the book that like, I don't think they paid it justice because it is such a huge thing to say. I mean, you have the, you know, the first son of America and uh, uh, the Prince of Wales, uh, Prince of England um, falling in love. And like, that is fucking historic. Of course it is. And so like paying homage to that is so important to me. And there was also this one other thing that really bothered me. There was this, um, remember the um, hospital scene when Henry was talking to the kids? Yes. Okay. So in the book, Henry's father passes away from cancer. So his philanthropic arm or thing is um, cancer. So children's cancer ward. Um, And so he goes and he visits and all this stuff. And um, he has an off camera moment in the book where he's talking to one of the girls about star Wars and his favorite character in star Wars, which was uh, God, um, not Luke. Who's the other one? Leia. No, not Leia. Uh, Obi-Wan. Hans, Hans, Han Solo. Yeah. And 
then they have this whole email exchange about who they are in the relationship, like who's Leia, who's Luke, or who's Leia and who's Hans. Um, and it comes comes out that, you know, um, Alex is Hans and um, why am I blanking on William? William is Leia. And right. William re- writes back like, you know, of course, I'll be the Leia to your Hans. And they have this whole exchange. But then when everything comes out, some artist did this huge mural of um, William as Hans. William is Leia and Alex is... um, With the whole outfit and everything? Yeah. With, um, you know, the blaster and all that stuff. And, like, that was the moment where Alex was, like, he called his sister and was, like, I need you to do me a favor. And that's when she wrote the speech. Mm, The speech that he gave. That he gave. But in the book, he gave it with the prince standing behind him with his hand on his shoulder. Like a unified front. And I, I like I thought there were a lot of like I thought it was great. I really loved it. I probably gonna watch it tonight. But like same. <laughs> but the thing is like I thought that, that there were really powerful moments that they decided to skip over because, you know, they have ninety minutes. Right. Right. Um but I think that's I think some of the choices they made were um Took away from the movie. Yeah. And I think that some things weren't explained enough, like that moment when they were dancing in the museum. Do you remember that? Yes. That was towards like the end later part in the movie. There was this whole conversation with William and Alex about the fact that, you know, he had always dreamed that one day he would be able to take his partner, his boyfriend, um, on this journey through this museum, which is something that his father, who passed away from cancer, used to do. So they would always go after hours or early in the morning before public was there. But there was this one specific statue of a a royal who was actually uh, gay, but then he... He was gay, but he was anti-gay, if that makes sense. So, like... Right. Closeted and... Right. Right. And he always wanted to go to this beautiful statue, put on a song, and dance with the person in front of the statue. And and, and they did that, but I, I felt like that moment wasn't really described enough. Right. Like, people didn't understand the significance of it. Well, there was a part in, in that scene... He kind of mentioned it ...that he mentions about, it uh, and saying, hey, my father, you know, and, yeah. and I always come here and I think that, you know... I, I, I think it kind of emphasized on the statue a little bit when they were talking about it. Yeah. But they didn't go into detail because they kept showing the statue mm-hmm. and to me automatically i was like all right something there's something going on with yeah with that with statue that, with right. that statue or what it means or what i think they could have explained it a little better absolutely yeah, yeah. i will tell you though so i i want to talk about the the two main actors a little bit if you if you indulge me uh that played in this movie so first and foremost we have taylor uh zakar perez um oh my god like I was like, um, okay, and then of course there is Nicholas. I think it, his last name is Galatine, and he plays he plays um, William. Obviously, Taylor plays Henry. Henry. Why do we keep saying William? It's Henry. It, it, Henry. No, it's Will. It's Henry. It's Henry. It's Henry? Yeah. Okay, Henry. well, fine. Henry, it is. Um, and then Taylor obviously plays Alex. Both amazingly, you know, beautiful, beautiful actors. Um, but but what really struck me was, so I was like, okay, these scenes 
are so intense. Like they're giving me like these two dudes are like they're part of the community and we're we're gonna make this look as realistic as possible. And so I was like, all right, I need to start doing some research. Um, I need to know if these actors are indeed part of the LGBTQ plus community because we know that we've had yeah, yeah, you know yeah. non act non like, legitimate exactly uh, people playing gay people. <laughs> And those kisses on screen were so fucking steamy and like realistic. Oh, they sold the fuck out of it. They sure fucking did. So I found out that first and foremost, let's start with Nicholas uh, Galatine. So he, uh, in previous interviews prior to this movie coming out, has declared that he is a, a heterosexual man. Um. You know, obviously, uh, he's also a descendant of a a Russian house, House of uh, Golitsyn, an old prominent Russian noble family, the majority of which were executed or either exiled during the Russian Revolution or the Soviet in the Soviet era. Um, I mean, he's absolutely gorgeous. You know, they both are. I mean, a lot of everyone's beautiful in their own special way. But these two boys, I was just like, oh, my God, they're doing this on purpose. But my thing is, (laughs) is like. When he he was bottoming in one of the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. It was all tasteful, but very steamy. Very steamy, and so I found myself questioning, saying to myself, "Your sexuality?" Um, no, I found myself <laughs> questioning whether or not I was on Disney Plus, and I was like, "Wait, wait!" And then I had to remind myself, "No, no, no, this is Prime." I was like, "Disney actually released this?" <laughs> I forgot yeah. the company, um, you know, the the studio that released it. But that's another point. The point is that. It was so convincing that I had to start researching to see if, you know, indeed these were LGBTQ plus actors because those kisses and the way that they were engaging themselves they broke physically, they fucking did, man. No, it was better than broke back. Oh, it, it seriously was. Oh, but I mean, you know what I mean? There, there was a tenderness in, yeah. in the way that they were kissing each other in one of these scenes. And I, and so anyway, I found out that Nicholas um, is actually a straight actor. But there's no information. After that movie, I don't know. Uh, no, honestly, like he might be like, I'll think about it. Uh, it uh, and so, but there's no information on Taylor, Mr. Perez, uh, who, by the way, is of Mexican descent. He's just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. He has been in countless interviews. He has um, been asked countless times, and there is no account anywhere of whether or not um, he is bi, straight, gay pansexual asexual um but clearly doing a scene like that does not make you asexual because i'm sorry that's just yeah no well i mean you're an actor so just you never acting. know but i i will tell you i don't think that honestly, if they're both straight actors they need oscars because some of those some of those suggestive um scenes in where they were you know clearly having sex and enjoying each other's company but they portrayed like a deep sense of love indeed but but those scenes were steamy oh yeah like steamy like i was watching the fumes and and the fucking steam come out of my head you also noticed that um in this specific movie unlike many other lgbtq you know movies none of them really like act acted flamboyant 
That they were both very straight acting. Yeah. And, and I had a problem with that, <laughs> and, and, which is okay because we yeah. understand the whole premise of the story is, hey, listen, I'm in a royal family and yeah. I can't be gay and also, I'm like, also the first son and I have to be, you know. Well, the thing is like Alex, though, like the first son, he, while Prince Henry knew that he was gay the entire time, yeah. Yeah. he, he, Alex, had, he I, had to yeah. have that facade. Alex didn't know that. Like it right. wasn't until Henry really came into his life that he realized you know, and then he went back. Well, like, it wasn't until this... he realized why Henry annoyed the fuck out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's basically because he was into him. Right. And well, and, that wasn't the only reason. Uh, well, you know, when you read in between the lines, like I like to most times you start seeing <laughs> shit like that. Like, yeah, he was into him, but like Henry dismissed him. And that's yeah. what. Yeah. Right. Cause that was that was a very, very um, driving force for his his emotional. um frustration yeah if that's what you want to call it yeah, with it was with the sort prince. of like uh alex was in kindergarten or first grade and he's like i fucking hate her yeah <laughs> exactly you know, I'm gonna hate her. Yeah. but i don't hate her Barbie away from that bitch yeah, yeah like <laughs> i hate her but i don't hate her yeah. and it's like then you like it was, it was yeah to me i just i i liked it i liked the the way it was set up you liked it uh, i liked it you licked it it um all right, so favorite nice moments. Setup. Favorite moments. Favorite moment in the movie. There were quite a few. Uh, that stood out the museum. Okay. All right. The museum was a good scene. Um, I think my favorite moment where, for me in the entire movie was when they decided at that point collectively that they were going to hold hands and just walk out on that balcony. Oh, and we all know the significance of the balcony, right? Yeah. Whenever there's a royal marriage, you know, the yeah, king and queen would go out or yeah. king consort or queen consort. They walk out on that balcony whenever there's a marriage, a prince or a princess, and the people get to see right and experience your love. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that scene really like I was like, okay, this th- that's the one that got me emotional. I was like, all right, they're gonna do this. They're gonna go out into the public and they're just gonna like truly yeah. just yeah. be themselves. Uh, and, and that was I, a good scene yeah, for me. I mean. Based on recent recent experiences with <laughs> with England and you know people being taken off, what is it? What happened with the? Uh, they weren't given uh, titles. Titles and yeah, yeah. And all this nonsense. I I kind of thought that was going to play into the movie, to be honest. Right. Which so, I I wouldn't doubt it, and I and I'm sure I mean, that a lot life, of the writing in yeah. this book um was sort of kind of like a, a twist on the yeah. whole yeah a little bit i think yeah, it's, like, a, it's a rom-com i mean we're right. not gonna get too political on it but yeah in the book um there was a moment where uh prince henry's mom who had pretty much been like vacant not around in mourning right um came out and pushed the queen to say like no, this is a moment. Like this is a moment that right. we can like capitalize on. We right. can change the narrative, um, and that that wasn't really depicted in the movie. Um, but like that was the the driving force behind the fact that they walked out on that balcony. Oh my god, I was I thought that was such an amazing moment. I mean, there were other cute like there are certain quotes that just got me. So the assistant. She was fucking fire. So when she caught them for the first time in that hotel room oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, 
I, I, she goes like, and you, you better make sure that you leave this hotel and not one body will see you because I will Brexit your head from your body. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was such a like very clever line, right? And then there was that other line where she basically looks at him. She goes like, listen, you're going to have a photo up. And when that camera goes on, when it goes on, you better act like the fucking sunshine is coming out of his ass and you have a vitamin D deficiency. You're going to turn out that turn on that 100 watt smile (laughs) like the fucking sun is coming out of your ass or his ass and you have a vitamin d deficiency i i I thought it's like and this woman just played that character Mm -hmm. to death i thought it was overall it was a good film um i think my favorite moment in the film was when alex shows up at the palace unannounced after henry left him in and Texas? Ha- and, and didn't talk to him. And they just fucking had it out. They just fucking had it out. And they finally yeah, admitted it was very to each emotional. other yeah. that they yeah. loved each other. Henry took off his signet ring. Um, gave it to him and he, and he gave, gave him the key. It, yeah, and, he, and they exchanged the, those like re- really symbolic things. And it was almost like a commitment to one another. Like, I feel that's something that you would do, but it would go totally in a different direction with oh, you. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would have been arrested. Oh, yeah. Three times now. Fuck. <laughs> Three times. Like, no, I, I just um. You left without saying nothing. I'm here to cut your ties. So it it was cute. It was cute. It was cute. Um, will I watch it again? Absolutely, because it gave me the feels. I did get the feels, and again, it's not about you know loving cheesy things. Although Hans, you know, when when I posted that that's the movie that we were going to watch, he was like, ha ha ha. I was like, of course, you know. Because he probably hates the book. He probably didn't write the book, so no, therefore he hates it. No, it was written by a woman. It. That's why he probably didn't write it. Oh, probably. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> we love you, Hans. We do. We honestly do. Um, but I've loved that book for a long time. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it is a, a New York bestseller. So, um, you know. Uh, and it was number two on Amazon. Well, I don't know if it ever made number one, but it like the movie. I, I Hey, listen. All I can say is uh, we're going to find out how it does. Uh, reviews are coming in left and right, and all that is left to say is that it was a very enjoyable pick, and there is nothing better than being able to see um, romance, gay romance, LGBTQ plus romance depicted on TV. We didn't grow up with this shit, and you know, here we are acting like like schoolgirls, right, over yeah. a movie at our age. But that's because you know this is the kind of stuff that we wished we had when we were younger. Yeah. Right. You know, the only other thing I will say that annoyed me a little bit. Oh, God. Was Henry always wore solid colored ties. Yes. Because you can you can't like wear flashy ties. But when he showed up to the election. Uh huh. The yellow tie. He's supposed to be wearing a tie with yellow roses symbolizing the rose. of But Texas. He, they said that. Yeah, he said, he said but it, yellow, but it's a but yellow. But they didn't tie. show it. But the significance of the fact that like he had a pattern on his fucking tie, yeah, was huge, and it was kind of like brushed over. So basically, you're you're upset because they downplayed that moment because it was such a huge uh, thing for him. It was him. a huge thing for but they Alex. Mentioned it. it was a huge thing for right. Alex because Alex he like showed up in support of Alex right. at the election, and he had this tie, and Alex looked at him, and he's like, "You've got." pattern you've got a pattern and it's the yellow rose he's like yeah well it's the rose of texas and like that moment for alex was so significant in the book because it was not just about the tie right 
It was about support, support. And, and like he is stepping out of what, you know, the world, what his family has told him he has to be, to be with Alex. Right. And the fact that he is taking a political stance, which is something that's a big no, no, right. He can't even vote in his own country. Right. Yeah. You don't even need a driver's license in your own country. And you don't, you know, as a prince in England, you don't even use your last name. Right. It's, Actually, I found out that the king or queen of England doesn't even need a passport to travel. They're one of two individuals, actually three individuals in the world that don't need passports. That is the king or king, excuse me, the king or queen of England. It feels weird to say king because we've always been so used to Queen Elizabeth. So the king or queen of England and the emperor and empress of Japan. Hmm. are the only three individuals in the world that don't need a passport. That's four. They can just travel yeah, anywhere. Totally. Anyway. Huh? So check out check no, out the movie. It's the really great. King or Queen. You can't have so there's the currently the, the monarch, the monarch. <laughs> but there's currently both in England right now. No, there's not. The you have a queen wife. consort. Okay. The queen in her own right, I a monarch, you. king or queen. Not the Camilla needs a passport. But in Japan, the Empress and Emperor, they both don't need a passport. So three humans on this earth don't need a passport to travel. Nice. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I want I want to be one of them. Um, but anyway, last thing I will say, Uma fucking Thurman. Yes. Yeah. I was so I kept looking at the mother and her weird fucking accent that was kind of aggravating me for a hot minute. The Texan. And I was trying to place her. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And I kept looking at her and I'm like. You didn't realize it was her? That's Uma fucking Thurman at the end of the fucking movie. I, I mean, not obviously when the credits came up, like in the last scene, I was like, kill Bill. <laughs> 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 like, like, that's, that's immediately what came up to my mind. I was like, oh shit, it's Uma fucking Thurman. Um, it's always good when you get surprised like that, right? Because, you know, you can clock actors and actresses that you've been watching their entire careers fairly quickly. I didn't clock her in the beginning. I had to sort of kind of like, why does this actress look familiar? And why is like her voice aggravating the fuck out of me right now? It was Uma fucking Thurman. Mm -hmm. And I fucking love her. And I've always loved Uma Thurman and all the crazy things that she's ever done. You know, like Kill Bill. And, you know, she's, you know, what was the other one that she did? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Right? Poison Ivy. and. Oh, my God. Yes. I loved her in that. Um, But anyway, so that's that. Um, So if you haven't had a chance... Sorry if we ruined it for you or spoiled it for you. Um, you know, red, white, and royal blue is available nice. on Prime. As a Prime member, you get to watch it for free. And if you don't have Prime, you can get Prime and still watch the movie. So make sure that you do that um, and get to experience the emotional roller coaster that was this movie, uh, for me at least. Um, we've got one more thing before we sign off that we want to talk about. We did mention um, in last week's episode that there were about 14 TV shows that were happening um, that were coming out in the month of August that we thought you might want to watch. We posted that on our post. You can go check that out on the website. We're not going to revisit that. But I will tell you that um, Heartstopper Season 2 is out. I haven't watched it. I started watching the episode today. Shut up, chicken. But Did you watch Heartstopper yet? I did. Yeah. 
Okay. I have not. But I will tell you that the British actor Joe Locke uh, uh, came out publicly recently. Uh, the Heartstopper lead has long assumed to have been queer, but he had never acknowledged um, his sexuality until now. Locke, uh, 19, spoke to Teen Vogue and shared that he had been out for a while. I have been openly gay since I was like 12. Uh, people have assumed and written it, but I haven't ever corrected anyone because I haven't felt the need to um, the need to do so. I've never specifically stated my sexuality until now. Um, and the fact that you are a lead in one of the most heartwarming shows that you know we ever got to experience um, is great. you know and and his co-star, right um, came out, I believe as bisexual couple of years ago when Heartstopper first came out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just wonderful. So I'm excited to see the show. Congratulations to uh, Joe Locke for coming out and um, living in your truth. Because um, I... There's a picture of him at DC Pride. Really? Yeah. Um, I just think that, you know, he will inspire many others um, to, you know, do what they need to do. Yeah. And and also good for him for... for um, I'm not going to say it. Um, I, we'll talk about that off off camera. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. And that being said, then we're going to go ahead and move on to the um, final few things um, for the show. We had one more story, but yeah, we don't have enough time for that. We're going to wrap it up. We'll leave that for next week. So, um, Trish, I'm going to toss it over for you or to you or you to you or you know what? Thank you. All right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one, excuse me, a generation full of fighters, young progressives are rising up to defend LGBTQ plus equality. Number two, out Dr. Jeannie. Jeanne. No, it's Jeannie. um, Marzazzo to replace Dr. Anthony Fauci at NIAID, which I don't know what that is. Um, Number three. National Institution for AIDS. Yeah. Oh, it's Jean Marazzo. No, I think that's Jeannie. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) number three, judge tells anti-trans parents to go sit down and leave the kids alone. That's not the one I wanted to put in there, but that's the one that's there. Okay, but that's what we talked about earlier, too. So, um, yeah, all those stories are available. Um, They'll be on tonight's post. You can go ahead and click on the links and read those. And those are brought to you, of course, by our beloved Mama Kim, who we had an opportunity to actually FaceTime with this uh, weekend um, in in lieu of uh, Trisha's birthday. And she was so happy and looks so radiant. And we love you. And thank you for being the fantastic, you know, ally that you are. So, Jaybird, off to you. So, as we go on... Uh, on this day in gay history, this f- microphone sounds funky for some reason. Yeah. Close sounds- your legs. Because <laughs> you're getting One, feedback. 100%. That's <laughs> on this day in gay history, first openly gay Canadian politician to win leadership of party with legislative representation. Took. Took. That makes no. It kind yeah. of feels like it, it's unfinished, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it threw me off a little bit too. So, August 14th, the year was 2006 in Canada. Andre, what? Boyos, boy, boy, boy. Claire becomes the leader of the party. Like, Qu- I feel that's French, and yeah. I feel like we just totally, like, yeah. you know. Oh, I did that in purpose. Que- Quebecois. A, a social. <laughs> <laughs> 
How is it? Quebecois? Quebecois? The party... Quebecois. Quebec? Quebecois? Uh, anyways, we butchered that. Quebecois. You know, a social Quebecois. Drem- <laughs> democratic and <laughs> separatist, separatist party. party in Quebec. Jeez, thank you, Miss Trish. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. It I wasn't love an accident. You, I, of course it was. Oh, there's, absolutely. There's no accidents Tom, with you. Tom pissed her off and she took it out on me. That's okay. Well, I've taken on Well, both of you. <laughs> what happened? Did you delete like the entire post? No. No, I just changed something real Oh, okay. okay. There it anyway. is. So we're moving on to our announcements, and here we go. Go for it. <laughs> if you love the show, make sure to <laughs> make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting service. By subscribing, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your favorite device or web browser as soon as the episode is published. You can also support us on Patreon. With Patreon, you, our beloved listeners, can help us support the show with a pledged donations. The donations are collected monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. I love when he embellishes. He sounds cute. <laughs> he sounds hot. Big words. Like I want to Nick, jump over on to a you. All, of a sudden. all right. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you. All right, everybody. Get the future method today. The intern clearly wasn't ready. And all other products. All product, products are doctor developed and can clean out without hurting your bum. Take confidence anywhere with the anal powder packs and now increase your stretch goals with the three-piece anal dilation kit. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum accessory today. That's Queen. Jaybird, back to you. And as always, it's time to put a ring on it. See, we need to change that because we don't use that phrase. Anymore. I like fucking with you. So, you know, know. you see, see rubber and he says, up, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, I never slip. He just lands on it. Our show is available on your on our website, gaytalk20.com. On your boyfriend. <laughs> on the audio uh. podcast. <laughs> it feels like Saturday night all over again. Let's start this. Oh, over. my God. Our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher Radio. Nick? All right, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. You can email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom, it's your turn. I'm going to try not to fuck it up, so that's all I'm going to say. So if you need to reach out to us, you can just head on over to our website, click on the Contact Us tab, which is located at the top of your web browser. There, you can leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast, or an individual host. You can also call us and leave us any questions that you may have via voice message. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. And if you need all those digits, just simply dial 429, excuse me, 334-429-8255. Now, don't forget, I changed things a little bit here, uh, that this, this show streams live on video every Monday via YouTube for the summer, of course. Patreon supporters get access to the video live um, the day of recording, the episode is made available on video for the following week for everyone else. So if you want to get in the action with the live videos, make sure that you go and become a Patreon subscriber. That being said, ladies and gents, that is our show. Thank you. And y'all have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more dish.